you are listening to the Therefore Our Geek podcast, episode number 35. Hi everybody, and welcome to Therefore Our Geek. I'm Andrew, and today I'm joined by Kurt, Kyle, and Daryl. Hello. Hey. How you doing? How's it going? And uh, Daryl's down here, uh, up here special from North Carolina, because uh, Kurt and Tracy have been telling me that he and I need to talk aliens for a long time. And uh, so that's exactly what we're going to do today. Talk about the uh, the Alien franchise, which uh, I don't even talk huge amounts about it, but it is definitely one of my absolute favorites. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for this one. Uh, Daryl, I know, is a very, <laughs> very long time fan of uh, Aliens. Yeah. There's been super long hours of uh, talking about it. Well, so. just remember, you introduced me to Alien. Well, you know, I got to do something. When, when I got to do something. That may as well be it. Movie was rated R, and we weren't allowed to watch it. And you said, "Hey, no, I'm just saying, <laughs> come on over and watch it." And it still truly is one of the best films ever made. The first one, at least. Yes, it is. I, I mean, both the, the first and second one, but yeah, the first one definitely. What, what's kind of nice about each of the different films is they're they're a different kind of film. True. So, like Very the first true. the first one is 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 the great science fiction horror film. And and it is still to this day one of the best. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I'm not a huge horror fan, so that that kind of limits me on that one. I miss some of those like uh, the thing. You know, you get some you get some of those kind of which also fall into that genre. But but Alien, I mean, does some fantastic stuff. Yes, the claustrophobia, for example. Oh uh, yeah, just bringing you into the set, and making you really feel like you're really there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the alien being a taller figure versus you know what the actual set is. Just makes him look more massive. There's that. There's also you never fully see the alien. In part, it's the you know the alien's always in shadow, so it, it looks better. If you look at pictures of it in the daylight, and I'm a huge fan of the the H.R. Giger, the original art and everything. Um, I would kill to get my hands on a copy of Necronomicon one and two, and I almost did, but I had no money. I had like no no money. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted like seventy bucks for it, and I had like fifty dollars in my bank account. And I was really sad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you look at the actual original alien costume, it looks terrible in, in broad daylight because the way it's painted and stuff, it, it's meant right. to play out the shadows. But in context, it looks great. But also, it's that, that that Hitchcock idea of fear of what you can't see is much greater than what you can. Yeah. Yes, and they they did an excellent job at that I mean, in we, that first movie. Yeah, and you rarely see the actual creature fully. Yeah, and, well, in, in the movie in general. You were texting, Kyle was texting me earlier, I'm pointing to Kyle because you all can see what I'm doing. <laughs> Visual. Visuals are great. Um, <laughs> One day. Not, that day is not today. No, it's really not. Um, <laughs> Kyle was texting me when I was talking to him about being on the podcast uh, about the, the sequence with uh, with Dallas going through the through the ship's ducting. And, I mean, that's a hugely, that's an intensely frightening, tense moment and you don't see the alien until the end when he's doing the little jazz hands thing. Right. Jazz hands. Alien oh, he, jazz hands. Yeah, it's exactly what he's doing. He's, you know, I go, I'm going to do a visual here, but he's doing this. Right. He's doing the jazz hands. <laughs> and you don't think about it because you're, you're about to crap your pants. But <laughs> And Lambert telling you, basically, she's the human conscience of going, you should be scared as shit right now. Right, and then nonstop the clicking the as it's getting closer and closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's just, that's fantastic. But yeah, I mean... It, I mean, top to bottom is one of my favorites. Um, the guy who wrote it, Dan O'Bannon, who originally wrote Dark Star. Yeah, well, I was gonna say he, he wrote. He's written three, which he, was a comedy. Yeah, it, which supposedly. Is, <laughs> I I think it's a comedy. It's I th- I find it funny. 
<laughs> I mean, the alien's a big painted beach ball. Right. Well, it's funny because yeah, that, that sequence is actually what inspired Alien. Yeah, it was. And actually, the original name for Alien was uh, uh, Star Beast yeah. before being changed over, yeah. which I'm glad they did change it. Because I think they would have followed in with that Was it comedy. Dark Beast or Star Beast? No, Star, Star Beast. Beast. Yeah, but it would have followed in with possibly getting attached to that comedy of uh, the first movie that he put out in 74. So being changed, that name, just made a huge difference right there. Mm. It yeah. set the tone and set the pace for it. Yeah, and if you, and if you watch... If you actually watch the Dark Star, the whole sequence with with the beach ball alien, that's actually Dan O'Bannon, who is who plays um, Pinbacker. Pinbacker. It's Pinbacker, Pinbacker. I can't remember. Wait, Dan O'Bannon was in the beach ball? No, 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 no. He was the guy chasing the beach ball. Yeah, he was oh. actually in the movie. Yeah. Um, and if you ever watched um, the movie Sunshine, the captain of the um, the first ship they send out, the one they come across about halfway through is named Pinback after Daniel Bennett's character. Oh, wow. wow. Did not know that. That's what happens when you're on the internet really <laughs> late at night. <laughs> <laughs> Trivia uh, answer right there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so Daniel Bennett wrote it. Um, he and a guy named uh, Ron Chassette. And I mean, and they got Ridley Scott to direct, which is that was Ridley Scott's second film. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever seen his first film, it's really good. The Duelists. Mm-hmm. Um, Harvey Keitel plays a maniac, which is, you know, so unlike Harvey Keitel. <laughs> um, so you got that so I mean you got really Scott and then just the people that got involved um, Dan O'Bannon connected with a lot of people during um, when he was working on Yodorowsky's Dune so that's where he connected with Giger Ron um, which Ron which was the project that got that got uh, closed down shut down uh, Dune at the time yeah it, it, which it, which it just it, it just all laid into this one sequence of let's go do the space movie you know, this horror movie yeah and and it came out to be an awesome awesome uh, piece of work which was amazing that they were even thinking of it as a b-level right off the get-go that was their first their first thought was this is going to be a b-level movie oh, you're talking about you're talking like fox yeah fox that's what that's what their first yeah. original thought process was that this was going to be a b-line movie and it wasn't going to be one of their top because well, originally it was, it was supposed to be directed by roger corman who, who's done a lot of a lot of those like b-level schlock kind right. of right actually yeah films. actually yeah you're right you are um yep. Yeah, and then Ridley got attached and did yep. the storyboards, and, and Fox kind of went, "We're going to double your budget." <laughs> well, I mean, they did a lot. They did that a lot back then. I mean, if you if you look at um, the original budget for Star Wars, got doubled after they had um, oh, what the fuck's the artist's name? Did a lot of the concept art, just not even like storyboards. Just did a lot of the concept art for like um, the Mos Eisley, the Mos Eisley uh, spaceport, the Cantina. Some of the Death Star stuff. Oh, I'm trying to remember his name. He died a few years ago. I cannot think of his name. I will find it and put it in the show notes, and it's gonna, or it's gonna, or it's gonna pop up. I'm gonna scream it in the middle of the podcast here, but <laughs> which possible? But yeah, I mean, so I mean, that kind of thing was not uncommon. But yeah, they just did some some great, great work, and it was such a, such a novel, terrifying concept. <laughs> um, because that, that that truck drivers in space they took from Dark Star instead of making it a comedy, made it a, made it a horror film. Mm-hmm. And that worked out so well, just showing, almost, I'm a merchant marine, showing the true aspects of, you're out alone. It's oh, not yeah. going to be pristine and clean. Yeah, and that was that was another thing. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't Star Trek. I mean, I love it Star Trek. It certainly wasn't Star Trek. And, and quite honestly, it wasn't Star Wars. I mean, it was, this was Fox's big follow-up to Star Wars. Like, when Star Wars went, went ape shit, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, crap, we need science fiction. We need 10 minutes ago. Um, so this is, this is all they had. So this, they, went, they went ahead and greenlit it. But I mean, even even though Star Wars had that 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 banged up, dirty look to it, this is still 
mud, this is still set in the real kind of the future, but the real world. I mean, right. the engineers were talking about their union. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you guys in your damn unions. <laughs> I don't know. What do you, what is, what is y'all's favorite part of the movie? Uh, for me, I think the favorite part of the movie for me was uh, I like the fact when they land on uh, LV four two seven. I liked how they showed the ship landing. I liked all the background noise. I liked the fact that the ship sounded like it was breaking apart. Yeah. I, I really like. I really felt like I was going to another planet, and that just set the tone for me. I mean, because that to me was early enough in the film to really get me and catch me in that movie and make me want to ride all the way through it. And uh, when they landed on that planet with all the wind and the darkness and the and the the rock formations, you felt like you're on an alien uh, type planet. Yeah. You know. Well, and I think what's interesting. I mean. I think it's something like it's almost something near an hour before we actually see the alien, but the entire film is just setting up that 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 experience. You know, you're getting to that point when something's going to go horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and also you expect it on the planet, like you expect it. I mean, like yeah, you know, Kane gets the facehugger on the planet, but things don't really start to go wrong until they're back in space, and and it's just. It, it it defies your expectations. Like I said, you 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 sit on the on the planet. You're having all these problems. So you can't take off immediately. Like, oh, it's just something's gonna go wrong. Something's gonna go bad, and then it doesn't. And then Kane gets better. Like oh, it's gonna get better. And then shit comes flying out of his chest. I mean, just... <laughs> the famous Last Supper. Famous yeah. scene of that's a good no. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Of one of the actually all of the actors except for Kane. Didn't know what was going to happen in, during that scene, chestburster scene. Yeah, and uh, oh, that was all kept from the actress. Yeah, yeah, Lambert to get the, although, na- yeah, the yeah. initial reaction. From although them. they walk on, they walk on set, and everybody's covered in like tarps and ponchos and shit, and they're starting to wonder. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah, Kyle, as you started mentioning, Lambert is one of my favorites. I don't know if it's actually in the film. I know it's in some of the some of the the B roll. I can't remember if it actually. I made think it it's in the director's cut. Yeah. Because um, they hadn't yelled cut, she, she the actress slipped in in the the pool of, of fake blood on the floor, mm. and I mean you see her boots come up over the table. I mean she wow. she goes ass over tea kettle on that. One. I mean just feet straight up in the air, and she's scrambling back up to her feet, still trying to act. And <laughs> it's pretty spectacular. <laughs> well, me and Kurt actually watched the film earlier, and we were noticed with like Kane, and we were saying horror film uh, as a rule, Kane actually wakes up first when they're brought out of deep sleep. Yes, he does. And he's the first one to die. So <laughs> rule to the horror film industry for, uh, hey, don't be the first one to wake up. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Kyle, what about you? Uh, other than the ch- chestburster scene, which is near the top, just the ventilation scene and just the intense, <laughs> I don't know the word, scariness of it. Yeah, no, it, it is. It is, especially the first time you watch it, it is legitimately terrifying because... You know something bad is going to happen, but you don't know what and you don't know how. And until the director's cut edition was brought out, you thought that Dallas and, I can't remember the engineer's name, were dead. Yeah, oh, um. That guy with that name <laughs> who played that part. Are we talking about Brett or are we talking about Parker? Brett. Brett. Brett, okay. Brett who got taken when trying to find right. a cat. Mm. I mean that Jonesy, yeah, that's all. That's also a good scene because that's the point at which we really f- we figure out that we're not chasing this little rat thing. Yeah, when he just he goes down and he grabs grabs Brett and hauls him up. Yeah, 
that's near one of my top scenes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine is actually the the face hugger scene after they go walking through the ship, and uh, after the guy gets the face hugger on his uh, helmet, and then somehow ends up with the helmet still on and the face hugger wrapped around him. Uh, that whole scene is very visceral. Yeah, it's very in your face. Uh, literally, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that up ahead of time, but no there pun. we go. <laughs> right, no pun intended. No, that was actually my my favorite scene uh, because it's quiet, it's tranquil, even except it's so high tension. Yeah, you get that, you get that visceral, like muscular creaking sound when the egg opens, and then nothing until like the whipping of the uh, the tail. Right, something just happened, and it was very very bad. Yeah. Except maybe it wasn't because you don't know what it was. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I still have to say I think my favorite is still the face hugger, or not the face, the the chest burster scene, because that has just become so iconic. And it, I mean, it is. It, so they were uh, originally they were actually like really afraid people were going to be like running out of the theater like vomiting during that scene. And 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 they didn't because they were just people almost couldn't believe it. It happened. But they it, were they were so stunned. They did have preview audience that got to the back of the theater when that happened, though. Yeah, well, and and, and I've heard a story about one theater manager when they were when they were asked like, "Oh, well, how, you know, how's that going?" It's like, "Oh, we just stopped. We we cut out ten minutes of the film because people were because because the bathrooms were getting messed up or something." I'm like, like that, <laughs> <laughs> that 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 defeats the purpose and kind of kills me. But like, you know, I mean that that that's such an iconic scene. I mean, you get it. Um, you get it later in, again later in Spaceballs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> that's my with first. the same <laughs> actor, by the way. Yeah. 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 Oh no, not again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny. I mean, that's a if you look at it, look at it now. I mean, that's a real all star cast too. I mean, you've got uh, John Hurt, Sigourney Weaver, Yafit Koto, Tom Skerritt. Um, you just lost it. Kyle's looking up the cast for me because I'm trying to remember things off the top of my head. I love the cast. Um, Frodo Baggins. Or not Frodo. Bilbo. Um, Bilbo. Bilbo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I noticed that I myself. can never remember his damn name. <laughs> Kyle, don't show it to me. Just tell me what it is. Because <laughs> gonna, you're going to turn it again and we're going to lose it. <laughs> yeah, it was a Harry Dean. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton. There we go. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Veronica uh, Cartwright. Yeah, she's, really, she's the only one who hasn't done like a ton of work. She's done some, but like everyone else in that has done all kinds of work. Um, Yafikoto didn't do a whole lot after. He did a lot before. No, is this after Alien or was this before? It's a mix. I mean, like um, Tom Skerritt did did a lot of did stuff before. Like he was um he was in uh, Mash. Okay. He was in one of the original three. So not necessarily a springboard for everybody. No, it. but it was just in, in if looking back at it, it's it's a real all star cast. Right, right. Um, Yafikoto was a Bond villain at one point. Uh, Ian Holm was Ian Ash. Holm. Thank you. I really should know that. I feel like I I I've, I've lost some respect from somebody there and I was reading earlier yeah. that Ash- Tra- if I Tracy were here she'd scream at me I'm sure she probably is already <laughs> yeah. screaming when she hears it <laughs> the scream psychic emanations yeah. Ash was not a Dan O'Bannon created the entire Ash cyborg android That's- creature was by the rewrites from Fox yeah um, yeah they wanted a second bang for your book uh, later in the movie yeah uh, from what I understood and that came actually came during filming the movie uh, really where they actually decided to do that yeah, from what from what I've read on it, so 
Yeah, I remember. Uh, I've heard Dan O'Bannon like lost his shit about the, uh, originally because they uh, they went through a, a number of rewrites, like after they got the original script, and like yeah, like Dan O'Bannon lost his shit a couple times on at Fox, um, and I guess in the end it came back a lot closer to what they had originally had. It, it's hard to say like how how important this film is to the film industry, but it's massively important. And I, like, I've, I've written about like. Yeah, Yodorowsky's Dune be one of these like breeding grounds because there's a lot of films. If this film doesn't get, if Yodorowsky's Dune, although it didn't get made, if if that collaboration didn't happen, then we don't get Alien, we don't get a bunch of other stuff. Right. But like this is this is even this is like one of the ver- the first of those, and it just it starts a ball rolling, and then we wait seven years for the next one, <laughs> which is a completely different. Right. So I, this, I, I'll be honest. I don't know about you guys. And and Curtin Dog is a little bit older than I am, slightly. Yeah, a few years, but old enough it may make a difference in this case. Mm-hmm. My first memories of of like my first understanding of who James Cameron was was from Titanic. Oh, so I thought this dude was just an epic bitch. <laughs> wow, <laughs> mine was Abyss. <laughs> right, like, like I had seen Abyss, and I I had seen parts of some other stuff. I just didn't realize they were James Cameron films. Like the first, the first thing I attached his name to is Titanic, and I'm like, what the? And then, like a couple years later, I find out this is the guy who redefined the American action film on several levels. So, so I mean, right off the gate, you know, James Cameron starts off ter- with Terminator, mm-hmm. um, and originally, and and because of that, though, is why he got to do Aliens. Yeah, and or- originally he was only going to do the writing for it. Um, I think he got hooked into it. I mean, in he, the sense, he, it, it grew on him. Well, he he had time. From what I understand, he had time in between Terminator and something else to do a writing gig. So he decided to pick. He decided to do the Alien, uh, Aliens, and then either something fell through or Aliens got pushed back a little bit, and he was able to then also come back, come in as the director. But yeah, he, I mean, he just he fell in love with it, and the English, the English crew hated his guts. I mean, it's not hard to hate James Cameron because the guy's a dickhole, but. Yeah. But he Dude, does have ideas. Well, I mean, he's a brilliant filmmaker, but like, I mean, just because he because they loved Alien and Ridley Scott so much, like the English cat, the English not the English cat, the English um, film crew just hated him based on principle. <laughs> Sounds like an English thing to do. Yeah, yeah. It's really, <laughs> um, I, I've, I've I've seen interviews where they're talking, and like a couple times, guys were like off, like producers were not there that day, and there were a couple of like mini uh, mutinies. That were uh, nearly averted because something something James Cameron did or wanted to do. Well, there was an issue with the Teton because oh were, god, that pissed him off so yeah. Much. But th- they have to have their tea at a certain time, and he wasn't yep. allowing it in the beginning. And finally, you know, he went and uh, talked to one of his friends and said, well, "I, I got to get these guys on board. What do I got to do? Because they're not they're they're showing up to work late now. They have no respect. Give them their tea time back." Right. So yeah. finally, he he started giving their tea time back. And and things started turning around, but the end product, wow! I mean, he he obviously did something to those boys to get everything working good because it looked good in the end. Well, the the other one, the other one that was great was apparently part of the English union rules is they stop at at a very certain time, like five o'clock, and they are done unless they're unless you're in the middle of a shot, right? And then the director can ask them to stay an additional fifteen minutes, but. Apparently they were the camera was always getting voted down and he was just getting so pissed. That may have been why he took the tea time away. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, eventually they got, they got through it and I mean, what a what an amazing. I mean, it's a, 
you know, you go from that, you go from Terminator to Aliens, and then it's what about six mm-hmm. six more years to Terminator Two. But I mean, those three films really redefined the you know the American action film industry. And I'm and I'm not 100 percent on the his timeline, but did Abyss come before Terminator Two? I think. I can't remember if that was right before or right after. It was it was on either side. I want to say Terminator Two is ninety two. Uh, Terminator Two was ninety one. Abyss was eighty nine. Okay, so, so yeah, yeah, and that makes sense because the um the water effect is is similar but not quite as good as the T one thousand effect. Yeah, yeah, and I mean like it, it's just it's totally different. It, this is this is military science fiction, and it is done beautifully. I mean, I, there are so many things that are still in science fiction from Aliens that we recognize. Oh, that make sense. Well, I mean, even video games. Yeah, the dropships. Yep. Starcraft and yep. the dropship is Halo. the same. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I love I love that yeah. about Starcraft. It's actually yeah, it's actually the same voice actor. I don't know if the same voice act, the same actress, but it's um all all of the lines. So, yeah, if you play if you play the original Starcraft, I think it's Starcraft two as well. If yeah, you, if you click on the dropship too much. Right. I mean, like any Blizzard game, if you click on the unit too many times, they start saying funny things. Yes. And all of the lines that the that the dropship says are from Aliens. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, just in uh, in the pipe five by five. Okay. All those are yeah, all those are lines from aliens, and, and I love that. Um, yeah, the look of aliens is 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 fantastic. Um, which he did a lot of the modifications for in his creations yeah. of his artwork because he he did talk to H.R. Giger, but he wasn't he didn't have him there like uh, uh like Scott bandit. did. Yeah, yeah, he didn't have him right there by his side and saying you got total control of this. I mean, even uh, when it came down to the queen design, he 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 did that. I mean, yeah, hundred percent came up with that on his own, which I I think is I mean, one of the best things put on film. Yeah, how uh, he did it. Probably, probably that's probably the second second most iconic part of the franchise after the chestburster is the the queen scene. Well, the the queen and um, Ripley fight when she's in the loader. Yeah, I would say uh, I would say that's probably on the number two after. Uh, after the chestburster, and that's a that's a great a great sequence. Uh, and there's actually a person in the I believe there's actually a person in the the suit behind Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, there is, and <laughs> there there was apparently behind the scenes some funny stories about that. I'm sure, I'm sure Sigourney Weaver's a good looking woman. <laughs> I mean, we, we we can assume where that funny story is going. And yeah, Sigourney Weaver's a good looking woman. Um, yeah, like so I don't know if you if you guys. Daryl, I assume you probably do have the the Alien Quadrilogy. Yes, and the the special features DVDs for those. I mean, they're like hour and a half documentaries, and they are absolutely worth watching. It's actually where a lot, just some of the stuff you and I are talking about. I I realized that's how I realized you you owned and have watched yep. this a couple times. Yep. Um, so that's where we're getting some of this information, but it's just like watching them try and build these things from from nothing is really impressive. And, and to look fully functional the way they do, they're they're not CGI'd in there. Oh yeah, and these these are mechanical uh, instruments that they're using during the filming of this movie. Uh, the CGI uh, there's a couple there's a couple spots that were great with um, art department. I guess um, James Cameron's getting a lot of crap for spending his art art department budget, and and they were saying, well, you're not you're not you're not doing any art department. You know, you're spending all this money, but you're not actually doing anything. And so we showed them a, a finished scene. It's the scene where they're walking actually into the hive for the first time. Mm-hmm. And 
James Cameron's like, all right, what do you think of that? And like, oh, it looks great. I can't believe you spent all that money on that set and you're still spending all this money in the art department. And he showed them the the raw footage and it's only a set up to like eight feet. And then the other, you know, 20-something feet of the the shot is all art department matched up. And they were like, oh. Like they were getting all pissed and... yeah. And he was actually making really, it was just, it was done so well they couldn't even tell. Um, and you're talking about like, you know, James Cameron doing a lot of the, a lot of the stuff on his own. He's such a control freak. <laughs> like <laughs> I can see him doing that. Right. But again, when you're as good as James Cameron, you get to be a control freak like that. And, and speaking of that, I, I, I really can't think of a bad movie he's put out that would take away those rights from him. The man's got the talent. I mean, I'm 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 hit and miss on Avatar, and really, I I thought he did pretty well with that I one. I really didn't like it. Really? Yeah, I was not a fan of Avatar. Everybody was all clamoring for it. Oh, Avatar was great. I couldn't. Stand I thought it. that the concept was pretty unique and pretty different at the, for the time for the movie that when it came out. The con- which part of it? Regarding the uh, the fact that the human being uh, placed into the uh, basically the Avatar being the Avatar of the alien species. You know, for the body of the alien, basically. Yeah. It's like dances with. I mean, correct me if I'm it wrong. Feels but a lot, isn't it the same basic story as like Pocahontas and? Well, it's kind of like dances with dances wolves. Dances with wolves yeah. is the one that comes to mind. Yeah. You know, so, early, or like when it first came out, people just described it as like dances with wolves meets Fern Gully. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I guess I need to go back and watch Dances with Wolves because I'm I don't see that. Um, yeah. But I mean, I mean, again, again, the film looked good. Um, I just wasn't thrilled. It's actually, uh, it's actually the only movie dude has ever walked out on our friend dude. And, and this is a man who would, who on a regular <laughs> basis literally went to like on college, he would spend his Saturdays going to grindhouse films, like actual walked like out of avatar. Yep. Mm. And like, I mean like he went and saw some, some spaghetti Western. I can't remember what it was. And 30 minutes they, they were missing a reel cause old, old actual film. They were missing a reel and he'd walk out. <laughs> Like they were, he lost thirty minutes of the movie, <laughs> and didn't leave. That sucks. It was, oh. it was, it was a double feature too. So like, they had like a forty-five minute intermission or something instead of like fifteen. Right. But Avatar, uh, I mean, for what it was, the, I hated the story, but it was a technical marvel. The, the, I think it was one of the earliest to use three D. Uh, was it? And yeah, the yeah the new form of three D. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that actually worked out really well in the movie, but. I get bored of 3D. To me, 3D is just gimmicky. So that's why I couldn't watch it. The story, I was like, meh. I just couldn't stand it. It's good enough for a Disney ride. A little 15-minute yeah, ride. Yeah, it's entertaining. Yeah. It's entertaining, but... Yeah, at three hours, it was a little much. But, yeah, I mean, like, again, I mean, James Cameron, at least especially at the time, was just doing incredible things. I, <laughs> the story that keeps coming to mind has nothing to do with Jim Cameron doing incredible things, but um, when they're when they're in the... Uh, in the in the APC and it's like kind of running away like they're trying to get away from the aliens mm-hmm. there's a scene where the where the APC is coming towards the camera Kyle knows what I'm talking about he's coming towards the camera and at the last minute they decided yeah let's just make this a remote camera and um, it's a good thing they did because the APC's brake like the, the brakes failed and it just wrecked the camera I mean just destroyed the camera oh wow it ran it right over yeah so if that had been a person they'd have had dead crew members well the APC was like an old British Airways plane mover mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I mean 
basically a tank. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and it again. I mean, that's what I love about it. You know, all the all so much of the stuff is is with other other yeah. practical or miniatures. Yes. And it was just so so beautifully done. Um, yeah. And I mean, the tone of the film also, you know, for being such a, a strong departure from the first one, the tone really works. Yeah, and for the time, it's like that's what everyone wanted. And I mean, that was action movie time. Well, it, you're it, talking about Aliens, the, yes, the second movie. Yeah. Yes, I mean, I mean, not not just the time, but like when you have such a drastic departure from from the original source material, you are running a huge gamble for success, you know. Yeah. And it, and I think someone with lesser skill than James Cameron probably would have screwed it up. Kind of like what people think of the third movie. Uh, you had to bring up a third movie. Fuck you. Well, it's I'll, in the series. It's uh, canon. It is, it Bef- is. Before we get to the third movie, I, and I want to say this right now, between just the two movies, Alien and Aliens, Alien would still be my first, uh, foremost favorite. Why but, is that? What, what I, actually I drew you in? Well, You say I introduced you because I allowed you to watch it, but what, what made it stick? Cause, because I thought for the time period for a 1979 film coming out and the Alien itself being... F- put on film it wasn't puppeteered only but except for its face and his mask but it looked real and i know i was younger but to me it looked even today when i watch it i still feel like that's a real creature it could actually be real you know some movies you watch nowadays you're just like oh it looks so fake or it just i don't believe it i'm not buying it i still buy that creature i still buy it it's one of my first uh fanboy type um, creatures that I just fell in love with. And so, I, what is it about it that makes you think? It, is it the biomechanical, scary? Yes. Okay. Coming this out of the could shadows, actually be an could, alien that is completely no eyes. Perfectly. I, I like the fact they took the eyes away because yes. originally the eyes were supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. More, sunglass things. Yeah. yeah. But th- th- no eyes. The uh, the extra mouth. The the surprise mouth. You know the extra jaw. Right. It, it's just got to me the element of surprise hit all over and you frozen. If you saw this, I think you would freeze it's and, so and be so terrified and foreign yes. that yep. you can't help. And the size, I mean, it's 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 so much bigger, taller, and it's looking down at you. It's just massive, to, in my opinion. Again, I know I was younger, I was smaller, but that just it, I've always had that same feeling, even uh, as I watch them today. But between the first uh, two movies, I just want to get back to that real quick. The re- the only thing that maybe not like a lot of people love aliens in fact there's a lot of people who transitioned from alien to aliens as their number one but the ending to aliens ruined it for me which, which part of it it was the same ending as the first one suck it out into space and it to me yeah yeah it felt like a do-over and they had a chance to do over and they did the same death of the alien and it, it what just would you have rather seen well that that's not for me to say. Something other than that. Let's this put it that way. This is the forum, sir. <laughs> you say exactly what you want as a fan. Well, um, and maybe I, it gets put into the next movie. Well, just just like the first the first movie, I don't think anyone really expected there to be a number two to that. They even no. Fox was surprised yeah. that James Cameron came along and said, "Yeah, I've been kind of toying with this idea, and boom, let's let's do this movie called Aliens and, and make it a number two. Uh, no one, I don't think anyone would ever even think a third one would come off that one, off Aliens. Well, Ridley has so. said more recently that his original plan was to kill um, Sigourney's character Mm -hmm. and have the aliens somehow do the voice at the end of the movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things I I, I do really... So, I mean, you do talk about, you know, sucking out, getting sucked out into space. What what I think makes it different, though, 
is that the first time Ripley's fighting for herself, fighting for her own survival, the second time, there's a lot more kind of subtext to it. It's Rip- Ripley's really not fighting for herself at that point. She kind of doesn't care about herself. She, Ripley's lost everything she gives a shit about. She lost her daughter, lost yep. time. 57 years went by. Yep. yep. Whereas this time, now she's fighting to save Newt and and um, and Hicks and even to a lesser extent Bishop. So you get that. It, it's a, it, it's got a different feeling to me. You know, I agree. The end result is the same thing. Um, I mean, because we can plan this one and push it into Alien Resurrection. I know it's out of order right now, but he gets sucked out too. The uh, newborn. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot, seems, that's seems, a lot more painful, though. I, I understand, but it just seems to be a trend. Of, <laughs> it is. Let's just suck everything out into space and call it a day. You know. So. Well, what else? Could, what else could they have killed it with? Uh, fire didn't seem to work, except for on the eggs. They moved too quick for them to use the guns. Well, now, on, what else is left? On, honestly, just it, a dagger. Honestly, uh, if if depending on what the the franchise wanted to do, okay. But ending the movie with a happy ending, what's wrong with that? I think that would have worked just as well because the movie all the way through that point was all of it is fantastic. What's the happy ending? They they get back to the ship. They go into crowd sleep and With, without the whole, without the whole queen secret yeah. fight at the end. Because I was impressed up to that point. I mean, you'd already sold me a long time ago, but up to that point, the movie was you was wanted golden. one of the darkest, grittiest <laughs> science fiction horror movies ever to end with everybody eating tea, eating tea, drinking tea. <laughs> <laughs> Some thick tea, <laughs> but it, it, it depends. It's like on, the tea we've got in the freezer now. It's Turkish tea. But I, I guarantee you, if they were to build off to a third one, I would I would have wanted more. And then when they killed it, of course, you know, you're not thinking there could be an egg and all that stuff to to leave into the third one. You kind of feel like, okay, it's over. It's finally over. And mm. but they 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 somehow bring it back. You know. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about the happy anything. And this is the argument I've got with gotten in with Tracy. I, I think when you end up with things like that. And like like Superman, I think did the same thing. When they write yourself into a corner where you have to use that, mm-hmm. like that that's your only way out. I I think that shows shows a little bit of, of of poor writing. You know, you do so well up until the end, and then and then the, that last little bit, you kind of wrote yourself in a corner. So you've got to do you have to make this this next step. Take this you know take this next step. Make this decision. And the, and you, you know, when you really can't see another way, that's not the greatest writing. Like. You should leave that open enough where where the decision is not necessarily a, a forgiven or a given uh, conclusion. Yeah, yeah. So again, I'll ask: instead of being sucked out of space, would maybe we just don't know if the <laughs> the alien died? Wait, we, we, know, I'm asking, what would have been a more satisfying well, ending? Okay, uh, maybe. Would it getting crushed by you know? Some the when the fight or, scene could have been the Rocky scene where it just totally knocks it out. I don't know. The load lifter uh, yeah. cutting its head off. <laughs> yeah, I I just I just wasn't. It I kind of was. My shoulders went down when it got sucked out in space. You, I, you that's just, all I'm saying. You were just sad my expectation. They used the same tactic. My expectation was so high, really and I was into the fight. I was into the fight. I just my expectations were high, and when it just went out in space, I was like, oh, I just did that last movie. <laughs> no, 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 the, no, the part about it I did love is I've learned after the fact is they kept recutting that sequence the end, the very end sequence when she's like shutting the like opening the doors and then shutting them that the guy writing the 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 timing the, writing the um the score couldn't time it out right so he just wrote a score and they 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 made it work but it's like 
go back and listen to that score. You hear that like they they have reused that that score in so many films and so many like trailers and stuff. It's yeah. it's insane. That military march that's that's going on is that referring to with the uh, the music? It, not the military march. It's, it, just that just that ending part, like when she's sucking it out the uh, the airlock. It's got that like that big build and then the, the pause and then the resolution. Like if you, yeah, people go back and listen to that again. Oh, just the repeated tones. Yeah, like the, that is that that specific piece is used all over the place. Hmm. Um, I'll have to go back and listen to it. I'm not sure. Yeah, and well, it's one of the things like you hear it. You've heard it so many times. You don't even you don't even, it doesn't even click like when you hear it in the film like in context. Mm-hmm. And if you stop and think of it, you're like, oh crap, I've heard that all over the place. Um. Right, so Kyle, you open a box of fucking worms here. Alien, I take credit. <laughs> Alien Three. God, I. So as I have probably seen each like the first two films thirty or forty times. Like not even, not even kidding. I have seen Alien Three twice. First time it was awful. I watched it a second time to see. Well, maybe I was in a bad mood or something. And no, it was still just as fucking awful. And this one is—is is this the Prison Planet? This is the Prison Planet. Mm-hmm. See, this, this is actually one I didn't mind. For whatever reason, it, it is probably the most out of place in any sort of uh, story. It's so disjointed. I can't, I can't enjoy right. it. And, and you and I, Kyle, you and I talk, were talking about this earlier. And if you guys want people listening, if you want a, a, a much broader discussion about this, um, I recommend you guys go listen to. There's an episode of Fuzzy Typewriter. They did a whole series on the Alien franchise, uh, and they've got one on Alien Three in particular that's really helpful. But Effectively, Alien 3 is based on five pieces from five different scripts that were made over between Aliens and Alien 3. Like five different scripts were written at, the, at different times. And the final script they ended up with was it would take took bits and pieces from each of those. And that's mm. part of the reason it feels so disjointed. Well, now Jim Olsen only mentioned that uh, there was three directors for yeah, this movie. Yeah, that too. I mean, and they started with one director. He uh, walked out and quit because he wasn't getting his way with Fox. Next guy came in and uh, didn't like the tone of the movie, so he left. And then we got David Fincher, who had to come in and finish it. And even now, he disowns the movie. He, I, I mean, I would too. I mean, because he he says it was not my product. It was basically the company's product. That's what they wanted. That's how they had already had it set up prior to me coming in. And yeah. then they wouldn't have given me any credit bill, uh, creditivity uh, to to fix it. Yeah. You know, in the movie, so. And, and originally it was it was actually start to set on a uh, wooden planet for with monks. Yep, that was the well, original. Well, plan that was for that it. was one of them. Yep, it was a science fiction author, and I can't remember which one it was. Um, who wrote a, a pretty fantastic, probably the, the I think it was I think it was the first one. I think it was from what I under from what I've heard of it, um, the best one. I haven't gone looking for it, but apparently you can find kind of bootleg copies of his script, like his first first draft script. And it's a lot, it's a lot better. A lot, a lot more people would, what people would think more, uh, in terms of what, or what they would expect from a third film. To me, the the the, the movie was just wrong in a number of places. Kyle just got a great look at his face, looking at his tablet. I don't know, I don't know why. I just started reading the development of Aliens Three on Wikipedia, and it's it's uh, it's ugly. It's ugly. Spin us a tale, sir. What's it say? Go on. <laughs> More. <laughs> With the success of Aliens, uh, 20th Century Fox approached uh, Brandywine Productions 
on further sequels, but Brandywine was less than enthused with the Alien 3 project. With this, the pro producer, David uh, Geiler, later explained he and his partners, Walter Hill and Gordon Car Carroll, wanted to take a new direction as we wanted to reheat one of one or two. The uh, trio opted to explore the duplications of Whaley Yanni Corporation, and then they were set so interested into the aliens as being biological weapons. I mean, right there, it's already setting a different tone of what we got as a finished product. Because that's, oh, that's yeah. I mean, that's not even what, that's what they wanted to do, but it's not what we're, we saw as Alien not 3. Well, and, and you know, it's like, they, they talk about Whalen yutani and like, I always liked the company. Like, that was the one part about Alien 3 I did appreciate was that it was, it was, the company was still the driving force. You know, the company was, was what told them to sit down in LV-426 the first time. The company was was running the colony, and uh, and Carter Burke was uh, was was you know working for the company when he when he got all the colonists killed. You know, so the company is always kind of this evil corp uh, corporate entity floating around behind you. And I like the fact that that even still, no matter what, they are just, we have to have the weapon. We have to have the weapon. You just think about thinking about um. Alien for a second. Think about the company. Um, now, a couple, a few months back, um, we did a review of Alien: River of Pain, which is a which is a um, a novel prequel to Aliens. And there's a lot more of of, of the company being super shady in there. And is that it, was is that a live film or is that like no? An it's a, it's no. It's it's a it's a novel. Oh, novel. Okay. Yeah, put up by uh, Titan Books. It's actually very light read, very quick. Um, I I really enjoyed it. Um, they've got two others that are set in different time periods in the Alien franchise that I haven't had a chance to read. People online have been giving them great reviews, but I, I would love to check them out. But that just made me think of that when, when we were talking about uh, the biological weapon thing. But yeah, Alien 3 just, it's disjointed. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It, it's got the completely wrong tone. You know, I really didn't mind the idea of the prison planet. Honestly, I think, it's, I think it starts off wrong. Like we spend all of Aliens rooting for Hicks and Ripley and Bishop and Newt, and they they get rid of the other three and just keep Ripley. Like in the first five minutes, yeah. So I'm like, well, you, you just you just took out everything I was rooting for from the last film, so you've already started off by pissing me off, and I just I don't think it gets much better. Like most of the characters, I can't. I, I really can't think of any of them except for the um, the one black guy, the heavier set one. He's the only one I can at all give a shit about. Hmm. I I really honestly I kind of stopped caring about Ripley. Charles Dunn. Yeah. Yeah. I really I I stopped caring about Ripley. Ripley get Ripley stopped get caring about herself. I mean, there's a significant portion of the movie where she's just trying to commit suicide. I mean, you know, ultimately, or just end the movie, <laughs> <laughs> right? I just get this one over, right? With. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 It, it almost seems like it was kind of a paycheck for Sigourney Weaver. I don't. I, I kind of liked the fact that she wanted to commit suicide, though. I don't know. I don't know why the that made the movie okay for me. But I was like, okay, she's just done because she's just been fighting this stupid alien for two movies now. Yeah, but I think I th at the same time, like I get the "I'm done" part, but at the same time, like that just doesn't seem. It seems kind of in defiance of the, the the established character where Ripley is the one who doesn't give up, who 
Like even when she wants to stop fighting, it's just, there's something in her that doesn't let her stop. Well, ultimately, isn't that what happened in the movie anyway? She never did commit suicide, right? Yeah, she did. She throws herself into the... Molten lead. Yeah, she yeah. throws herself into the refinery. With, with oh, the, uh, right. Yes, that. Piercing alien coming out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. right. That right there at the end. <laughs> Forgot <laughs> about that. Conveniently. Yes. <laughs> but I mean... My I mean, bad, even, yo. Even when she's fighting the alien, she's kind of mopey about it. I don't know. It... it, it, it I, mean, I have a hard time finding other words to say other than it just it felt like it doesn't it feels like it doesn't belong which is why it's been kind of skipped over for yeah these next movies well, that this, I, this is Fox's B movie for this yeah. franchise yeah it really yeah. is even the alien looks piss poor you know and all and all well, so a lot of it a lot of that one they were trying to do it CGI as opposed to trying to do practicals and the CGI technology just wasn't quite there right like, I have a hard time like crapping on Fox for that that part. I, I agree it doesn't hold up and doesn't look very good. But I give them I give them effort for at least trying to do it and trying to make it work. Yeah, I, I, I could agree with that. Uh, but it, the CGI completely looked different from the, the Stuntman version. It did. Well, it also, I mean, keep, keep in mind, it was also, depending on the on the cut of the film you use, because it, it actually changes based on the, the original or the director's cut. But it's either... The the alien in this one is either comes from a dog or a cow, right? Um, yeah, that's right. It did have two different points of origins. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so again, I mean, again, disjointed, but yeah. it also it does help lend some credibility to the idea of the alien takes on different characteristics based on what the host, the the facehugger host was, mm-hmm. and we see that a lot in like Alien versus Predator and in the games. Oh God, the games. <laughs> I played those games so much. I did too, but at the same time, like, actually, um, one of the Colonial Marine games, I had to stop playing at night. I was scaring myself so bad, and I was like sixteen. Really? I was like sixteen at the time. I wasn't like you know, I wasn't like twelve. No, I scared the crap out of me. No, I, I was playing the AVP games more than the Colonial Marines. Well, the Colonial Marines, because just playing an alien is fun. Well, you can play as, in the Colonial Marine games. You can play as an alien or a predator or or a marine. I only ever played as a marine because I sucked at the other two a lot. But like, yeah, you you'd end up like the pred aliens. Oh fuck, those things didn't die. <laughs> they're like they're like it's like it's like a queen alien, but like mixed with a predator. Oh fuck me, those things didn't didn't want to go down. Oh, yeah, that was the final boss. Yeah. Oh, they were just they were nightmares to kill. Yeah, I had to play like middle of the day, so I wouldn't like. <laughs> I, was, I was like, you know, like play on the weekends. It was like ten, eleven o'clock at night. I'm trying trying to play it. And I'm like, I'm I'm starting to like I'm hearing things out my window. I lived in suburban Phoenix. It's not gonna be. A fucking alien in suburban phoenix like you know i know i know damn well i know damn well it's the fucking dog but holy crap did it scare the hell out of me well speaking of games we me and kurt uh i i'm a i also buy the games themselves and uh the alien colonial marines the one they just put out recently i think 2012 it came out yeah i liked it for what it was worth i felt like uh i felt like i was at the home world but the storyline fits nothing of what coming off aliens uh, itself because uh, Hades hope and all that they're all they all they're all still around uh everything that was nuked is uh, apparently looking pretty good <laughs> right uh Hicks is uh still around I mean so it, it's just well and like the one thing that I couldn't uh, I didn't play it because because I I am so so off on video games from what I understood it was like death by camera and and that that drives me crazy mm-hmm 
like the game sounded really cool and I just as soon as I started hearing death by camera I got really sad so I was so behind on games anyways cameras are very tricky things yeah Yeah, (laughs) but I do recommend Alien Isolation if you hadn't played it yet I haven't I really want to it's an incredible game although I think it's another one I'm going to play in the daylight no no I'm yeah. not. No, I, I, I freak out. Me. I freak out even playing that game, even during the daylight when you have the headphones on and you're playing it, and the sound effects. This 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 game is on task when it comes to uh, little things that will freak you out. Yeah. And uh, the game itself, uh, two thumbs up. <laughs> I'll plug that in there now. But uh, I like the fact that you're, you know, we you do get to use weapons here and there. But for the most part, it's a maze that you right. have to they, maneuver through. Yeah. But the weapons through. don't actually do anything, right? They just... Not to the... Well, I mean, you can stun it, hurt it, and it might run away, but it's not going to die. Right, but Because you you're only fighting one alien. You can't actually kill the alien. You have to avoid it until you... Again, I haven't gotten to the end of the game, and I've been keeping out of the spoilers from YouTube, watching it and stuff, but I, I don't know how it ends. So, yeah. as of right now, no, you can't kill the alien in yeah. Alien Isolation from, from as far as I've gotten. So... Yeah, yeah. Saw some funny videos of people just using the flamethrowers <laughs> on everybody else. That was hilarious. Yeah, those nice. androids, though, yes. those suckers are creepy. Yep. Um, they just walk up and just start like zombies. Yeah, just start punching. Hey, you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> Punch. <laughs> Punch. <laughs> nice. But it does look like a really fun game. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess it's much more of a stealth game than first-person shooter yeah it's not it's not 100 percent action all the time every once in a while but it's, it's more of a get to hide stealth. in closets yep. and yep. lockers and to maneuver and... through the maze to get further along the game so nice um so we touched on it briefly and, we'll, and we'll, we'll hit these before we hit the alien resurrection but the uh the alien versus predator series so kind of an offshoot of uh of the of, of the the franchise it's one of daryl's favorites no i hate it <laughs> yeah they, uh, I, mean, I watched it. I'm not th- particularly impressed, but I'm not. I'm not like, oh my god, this is the worst thing ever. I've seen some really shitty movies, so. Yeah. Uh, personally, I, I don't understand why they went with Anderson for the first one. Um, I thought his rendition of Resident Evil would set him up for not to do movies like that um, because it, it looks too video gamey. It looks too uh, choreographed. It doesn't have the scare fa- factor. It's almost like predictable. Yeah. Um, and and I think when they gave it to him, the storyline I read sounded amazing how they were going to tie it all together with the universe. Of, yeah. Uh, but as the Predator got introduced and then he became friends with one of the characters and, you know, the fight scenes look like WWE going on. I, I just, it, it, I lost interest big time and I haven't really looked back at it. I, I just, to me, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. I mean, I think they were like sea level action films. You know, there's yeah. a lot of, gu- lot of, a lot of shooting, a lot of killing, a lot of, running around screaming but I, I mean I, I did I, I came to those I think I saw I think I saw um, Requiem in theaters just because I wasn't doing anything you know whatever whatever like weekend it was I don't think I was doing anything I'll, I'll go see this I like the other alien films I mean that, that that one struck me more like a like a teenage horror film than anything else but right. you know it was kind of one of those like ah, well, you know whatever like I saw the first one so so far after it came out that I just was like I, I know this isn't going to be good. It was like it, it was one of the actually you know, the first time I saw the 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 first the first of the two was on FX, like right when they were like in the middle of like obsessively showing National uh, Treasure, so mm-hmm. like or was that, it was FX or TNT it was one of the two, but like they were just showing like the same couple of crappy action films. So like when they were showing that, it was like okay, this is the level, this is the quality of film I'm getting into. 
you know, I, I had some context for it as opposed to going in with hope. Well, um, and that's one thing I will say about me is I, I, I've actually, and Kurt's been with me a few times, I've actually gone to make it my attempt. I don't care. I'll make an opinion after the movie, but I will attempt to go see it on opening night. Uh, that's how it's much true. a that's fan I am. Such a hopeful fan. And, and I, <laughs> such and I, a hopeful fan. I have fan. actually seen all all the movies now officially in the theater, even if I had to go back uh, older because uh, Alien, obviously, I was too I young. Haven't, I haven't seen any of them. But I went back. The theater. I feel really bad about that. You haven't that. seen any of them it, in the It's theater? a different experience. No. It's a different oh, wow. experience. Oh, no, I know. Yeah. I want to so yeah. badly. The sound effects, the way the speakers are set up, the surround yeah, sound, know, it's definitely worth it. And being on the big screen, you can just yeah. see more of uh, the film itself, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I absolutely agree. I just, I've never had the opportunity to, and I would love to. Yeah. Um, I, I Honestly, I would probably even go see Alien 3. I'd be... I'd grumble all the way through. Me, but me you and Mike went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's, would that's one of the ones I saw in the theater. Yeah. And maybe I just didn't connect the story together. Yeah, but I think that's why. Well, I, well that was officially our first one in the theater watching. If it I was, remember yeah, correctly. Well, since we were old enough to yeah, actually, old enough to actually go. go watch it. Yeah. yeah. So then, obviously, the the, the final, uh, well, kind of final. We'll, we'll cover on a couple other things here, but chapter in the uh, the franchise is uh, Alien Resurrection. I kind of like Resurrection. I don't think it's a, a fantastic film. I just kind of enjoy watching it. I like the idea of it. I really do. I, I don't like some of the way... I don't like the acting in it. I thought the acting... Well, no, the acting is fucking terrible. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't very... It, again, it didn't sell me. It didn't make me feel scared. I didn't think they were scared. <laughs> I mean... Uh, I mean, just some of the actors. I mean, like, you go from what the, the A-list cast of the original film to like the C level casting of the of this film. Right. You've got, you know, the black guy from C- CSI, the guy who played Warwick on CSI. Mm-hmm. The dad from Clueless was the was the general I mean, Sigourney Weaver's good. Winona Ryder's pretty good. Um uh, Clay from Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> right. Ron Perlman. Ron yeah. Ron, and, and Ron actually Ron Perlman actually did a really good job with, with, with his role. Yeah. His role was very, um, it reminds me a, a little bit more of a vulgar, and this is in part because of ratings, but uh, a vulgar version of um, Jane from Firefly. They're yeah, very, no, can, they're very similar that. characters. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of Jane from Alien, uh, from, from Firefly, except, you know, Firefly is like PG-13, I think, and obviously these are rated R, so he can, you know, be a little bit more vulgar. There are a couple of moments from Alien Resurrection, though, I love first one's actually only in the director's cut is towards the beginning when when um when the doctor's trying to get Ripley to like talk and stuff and she asked about the company and the the, the one doctor has no clue what she's talking about and the the lead doctor comes in and explains it and uh you know explains who Whale and Yutani was it was a global arms conglomerate and he said they were bought out by Walmart <laughs> and instinct instinctively I said yeah, no, I, I I can buy that. That makes sense. Yeah, that one of these days Walmart's gonna go into weapons manufacturing and they're just gonna buy out like you know Boeing and like Lockheed North, Martin. Yeah, Northrop Grumman. They're all gonna be part of Walmart. Sure. <laughs> something tells me something. Something like my head says no. That's acceptable. Oh boy. <laughs> Kurt's knocking crap off the desk. Uh-oh. It's getting real in here. <laughs> Let's see what you anger me, sir, with your words. Um, another great one is actually the other two are, are showing how inhuman Ripley has become. Um, and one of them is when um, she's dead. 
well, yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> they, but they bring her back. But the fact that her that her her DNA and and the aliens have has crossed, yeah, yeah. Um, is when uh, when another writer f- for offers to to kill her in the cell, and she's got the long knife, and and Ripley just slides her hand down the knife, like impales her hand on the knife, and slowly slides it down, and you see the knife start to dissolve. She's got the the acidic blood now. Mm-hmm. But it's just that that slowly she's pushing her hand down while she's talking, and it's not even affecting her. That was that was good. And then the great one is the basketball scene, where yeah, they get they get in that first fight, and and Ripley beats all their asses, <laughs> and then she takes the basketball and just over her shoulder, Swish. nothing but net. Yep. That's, that, that's that really happened. That, oh, really, that was a, that was a real live shot. And Ron Perlman almost fucked it up. Oh wow. Really? So, so basically, Tell this story. <laughs> so, yeah, and again, if you watch the um, special it's, it's on the quadrilogy. If you watch, yeah, watch the special features for the quadrilogy for Alien Resurrection. Um, basically, she was supposed to just throw it over her shoulder, and they they would edit out the ball and CGI it in. But she was like determined, like uh, Sigourney was determined to make it work. So okay, so she's trying. She practices, practices, practices. Finally, it comes. She throws it over her shoulder nothing but net and Ron Perlman breaks character and like and then and then immediately realizes he's done it and the look of just, just oh fuck me on Ron Perlman's face <laughs> thankfully he, he was it wasn't there was enough of a delay yeah it wasn't as immediately as I thought there was a few there were there was only five or six seconds and there was enough for them to make the cut hmm because yeah, the, the, there was enough time for that for that cut, and then to move on. So can you tell in the movie? No, no, it's because it's the ball actually does go out of frame. the the raw If you watch the raw footage, the ball does, the ball does not go out. And I, ball may go out of frame, but like you can tell, it's the same ball. Yeah, by everyone's reactions on set on the raw footage, you can tell she made the shot. Um, I'll see if I can find that and find it on YouTube and put it in because that's it's a pretty spectacular shot and I cannot believe she but yeah but but again it's the idea that you know she's got these senses that are just not human that she can make this shot that you, no one should be able to make so who came up with the storyline I don't know after the travesty of Aliens 3 I mean it was, a, it was a good number it was probably close to 10 years Alien 3 was in the in the early 90s yeah, Resurrection was uh, 97 was it really that late? Yeah, wow, that's. I thought it was that's like. A good long I thought time. it was like late. I know. I thought it was like early two thousands. Yeah, so five year gap. That's actually not that long because um, Alien to Aliens, oh. I think, was seven. You're gonna like this one, written by Joss Whedon. That's right. There I forget about go. that part. <laughs> I forget he wrote because he never. No, he never brings it up. It's not. It's not like David Fincher where he disavows it. It just he did. For for him, it was like yeah, it was a writing gig. I forget. Oh, I forgot he wrote that. Actually, I did too. I, that makes a lot. It, you know, no, but that makes a lot more sense. No, no. When I say it sounds a lot like Jane, <laughs> now it makes a lot more fucking sense. It is Jane. It is. It's proto Jane is what it is. Perlman is Jane. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, it, it's like a proto proto version of Jane. Well, now I feel dumb. <laughs> Kyle, thank you for educating me. <laughs> One me. Ten thousand. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> right. I was like, I mean, you know, just keep that one in the back of your head, <laughs> keep it in your mind. You'll bring it up when bring it up as needed. Um, yeah, I, I think this. Like, I think the general story 
was better. It got a little goofy. Again, it was it was the CGI aliens, but you know, five years had elapsed, so I think I think they they looked a lot better. Yeah. They looked meaner. I mean, I they, mean, they had them and, swimming. Yeah, they had them swimming, and they what they saw. I remember someone reading a comment about something. They looked dinosaurish, uh, the way their legs were bent out, and they kind of mm. walked like a tronosaurus, I guess, because they had the shorter arms. I don't know if you guys interesting. Yeah. No, I hadn't somebody, thought of that. Somebody said thought they, looked, of that. Yeah. they looked more dinosaurs. I'll, I'll have to go yeah. back and watch it again with that in mind. Yeah, another great, another great one was, you know, when when things start going bad. Well, in general, how things go bad, the fact the aliens are learning. That uh, was that was creepy. You're yeah. like, oh, oh, fuck me. We're done. And how they just sacrifice one of them. Right. Yep. Yeah, the fact, yeah, the to fact get that, out. They, and they knew that would work. Yeah, the fact know? that the fact that they're feet, the fact that they're learning to that level. Yep. That really is it. Well, we're fucked now. We're we're toast. Well, they kind of with Sigoni taking over some of the inheritance gene pool for the aliens. Yeah. The aliens have taken over some of the human yeah. traits from the humans you know, where they can be more intelligent yeah higher yep. intelligence yeah, where they're not relying on a queen to tell them what to do they can actually make their own decisions much, yeah much less of a hive mentality yep. um, so can I ask the, the question because this is probably of all the movies the one I've seen the least I think I may have seen it once what is the general gist of the story so basically they are they have cloned Ripley in an attempt to get the the, the queen that she had they got her DNA from something or something or other piece of lead apparently yeah, you know, insert nonsensical plot device here. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, they get her DNA, so they clone her. So they, they and it's how many years in the future? Like two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So so they do it to get the um. And they go through several takes on trying to clone her. Yeah. 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 yeah you, you don't. That find, is one of the creepier scenes in yeah, the movie where they you, go in that. Room. You don't find that out till late. Yeah. Till yeah. later. Um. Ripley. The the Ripley we see is the is the eighth iteration. Um, and you see the other seven, and yeah, Kyle, it's they don't come out real well. No. <laughs> and considering uh, that seven is still alive, alive, <laughs> alive yeah. being a relative term. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, the cloner, in order to get the queen, in order, again, they want the aliens as biological weapons. And they think uh, it's they... no longer the company; it's now the government. But, but she apparently is the the link between the two. Yeah, well, basically, they have her DNA. They have her DNA from when she was, when she committed suicide, from when she was impregnated. So they're able to get, supposedly, able to get the the queen there as well. And how they haven't found the alien species on any other planet is not explained. Right, right, right. <laughs> it was, it was the insert, insert, insert plot hole there. Insert, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, whatever. Like, like Josh said, it was a, it was a paying job. It's not gonna think too hard about this. And. I give it credit. It was a fun movie to watch. Right, and I think that's. It. I think it's. It's a fun action film. It's not much more than that, but it. It is enjoyable. So, how about Prometheus? How about Prometheus? Prome- the, the the the. Are we considering it part of the Alien it, franchise? It, it, yes. it is. It is. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. Despite what Ridley Scott keeps claiming, it it is. Yeah, it's. Uh... If nothing else, it's in the same galaxy. It's in the same mindset of that time frame. Uh, he's trying to, I think his goal based off that, well, man, what's, what's the lost uh, writer's name? The guy did Lost. The guy who wrote Prometheus. Oh, I have no idea. Which was the second draft of that, by the way. I don't uh, know. First of all, I was excited for Ridley Scott to come back. Because like we, like we mentioned before, I love Ridley Scott. Damien Lindolf. Uh, oh, Lindolf, okay. Yeah, he, uh, he did Lost, and people were 
little upset with the ending and how he ended it, but he, he kind of makes no sense. And he got a hold of the original draft, which the original draft sounded a lot much better of, of an alien movie. Uh, and then he just totally went somewhere else with it, with it, putting the spiritual look to it. Yeah. Uh, and it just really corrupted, uh, I think, with Ridley. It, it, he sold him on it, but he, he went, well, this is no longer in that universe. It's going this direction. It's a standalone film. And I think that's where it all kind of went a little haywire uh, for the for the yeah. the look and the feel of this movie because it was originally announced this was a prequel for Alien. Yeah, so. well, it was it was a little disjointed. Yeah, um, I mean, we, we basically ended up with what was kind of a, a proto Alien. You know, obviously, like we mentioned before, the chestbursters take different forms based on whatever whatever the host was, and we kind of got a, a like a, an early version of of it at the very end. Um, there was a lot of, I mean, yeah, it had a lot of the same look. Um, the guy who I can't the, the the main male lead in that I'm drawing a blank on his name. Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. Oh my god, he was. He was amazing. Yeah, holy crap! Especially, especially having the, when he ad- he ad- he adopted that kind of Lawrence of Arabia. Oh yes. Person that 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 um that Lawrence Olivier feel. But it, it was it was it felt like Lawrence of Arabia, but it was very detached at the same time, and it was it was very well done. And the and the movie looked great. Yeah, the engineers were so cool looking. Oh yeah, yes, they were. Um, it's some of the stuff they cut out. Did you, have you seen it with the new with the scenes put back in? I don't think I have. No, uh, I think it would have made a world of difference leaving yeah them, leaving them in the movie because I think it would have made more sense. Okay, in regards to how the movie flew, you know, flowed uh, in regards to. Uh, the engineers aren't really explained. You know, he starts out with the movie, just this guy is just going to sacrifice, ahead, sacrifice himself, yeah. him. But there's actually a ritual scene prior to that. And they, they it show was apparently the most agonizingly painful way to go. Yeah. That so, just, oh. Yep. But <laughs> that was a rough way to start that movie. I'm not, I'm not saying it's the best movie in the franchise. I'm not saying it's the worst movie in the franchise. But it, it definitely leaves doors open for another movie to come off it. I think there's another two coming yeah, off it, actually. Yeah, but they're... They're trying to figure out how everything's going to flow together, I guess, yeah. into the next realm of Alien, because they are trying to make that connection once again, I guess. Right, um, no, and and that's probably my the happiest news I've heard in a long time. Yeah, uh, come out of the film industry is that um, Neil Blomkamp is doing yes uh, a new Alien film, and he's bringing bringing people back. Yep. Um, well, apparently, starting from Aliens. Yeah, that's where his timeline will start, supposedly. Yeah. Um, it- yeah, he's not taking into account three or resurrection. Hudson's coming back. I think it's Hudson. I thought, I thought it was no, Bill Paxton. Corporal Hicks, right? No, it's Hicks. I thought Bill Paxton was coming back. Well, he's he's announced that he wants to be back. I, I, think I thought I, a, I thought that was a, I thought some of the con. Oh no no, I'm, the concept art was Hicks. Yeah, yeah with the Corporal burns Hicks. On the fa- yeah, yep. with the burns on the face. Yeah. Well, H- Hudson wants to come back. <laughs> Bill Paxton, I'd bring him back. Yeah. Well, we, Why not? I told Kurt, we don't actually know what happened to him because right. he just disappeared into the floor. Right, right. <laughs> except the planet exploded. Yeah, that, that's the only yeah, negative. But he yeah, never, he details, never details. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, looking at some of that, some that of, what, of uh, <laughs> Bloom Nobody Comps. dies in 86. They're just hyped up on Coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm reading. March 15, Michael Bain has been contracted to be Corporal Hicks again, and in May, Bill Paxton expressed interest in reprising his role. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm super excited. I mean, Neil Blomkamp, you know his his work up to this date has been spectacular. District Nine was 
a, a surprise hit to say the least. And I I enjoyed Elysium. I mean it it's a little off, but I did enjoy yeah, it. Well, I mean so is District, District Nine. He's got a very unique style of doing things, but yes. it's I mean, the, the 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 thought process that he puts into it. Like you 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 watch you you watch the film, and there is such a depth of you know that what everything that you're seeing. There's so much more that he's he's thought out and 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 thought through beneath it. Yeah. Is District Nine? Is this the one with essentially the alien refugee camp? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah. Movie. That's the, the one. Okay. The one that that that, that uh, fills in a lot for apartheid. Yeah. Yes. Um. No. That that's. Well, that's, have you have you seen his uh, artwork though? Have you looked through it? Yes. It's it, it's incredible. Well, well, that was originally he was like he put that up he put that out on Instagram. I think, and then he was like, "Well, I guess you know, never gonna do anything with this." Which was funny because it actually was right. It was it was right before uh, Chappie came out. Yes, and uh, you know, we didn't know if that was a deploy. Like, oh, what's this going on over here? Oh, Chappie, yeah, I gotta go see that. But yeah, uh, everyone's attention went aliens. What? <laughs> well, and I'm curious to see if if that was more of like that was I just want to put this out there, and then I got off, and then he got offered, or if he was in negotiations. And this was kind of like, hey, let me just let me put a couple feelers out in the water, see what's going on. Yeah, when it first it first announced, it's like I had this plan, and yeah. then like the next month he says, it was like it may have been like two months later. But yeah, it was like it was like yeah, I really love to do this, but it's never going to happen. And then it gets announced. That's what that's kind of makes me wonder. But I don't care how it happened; it's going to happen, and I'm excited. Yeah, but will you be disappointed? Because what I what I keep hearing is. Lots of hope. Alien Three, Resurrection, just never quite hit on the original. Uh, even most of the games were kind of lackluster. Yeah, yeah, I which mean, is difficult because it's such good, compelling uh, content. Yeah. You know, of the, of the xenomorphs and, and you know, I think I think part of it comes down to not, either not understanding where where the what really makes the the, the series strong. You know, like like a lot of the video games are first person shooters. They're they're all about the action. And, and quite honestly, except but, for the most recent one, but most that recent seems one, right. Alien Isolation. But that that, that 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 by far has become the best one. For, part of for well, for one part of it is especially with the video games is production quality. Like they were like they were fun games, but they weren't like really like well well done games. So that was part of it. But also, like part of what made Aliens great was not just the action but it was you know the interactions with Ripley and Newt and you know there was that 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 the games kind of miss well even the first scene in Aliens just how the Marines interacted yeah I mean it, it made it feel real yeah very much so well they they felt like a real team yeah like, and they even trained together months prior to yeah well, even reporting to work yeah they felt well, they felt like a team and and certain individuals were intentionally excluded so that they they looked and felt like out, like outsiders, yeah. yeah, like the lieutenant, like Ripley, yeah. Um, well, I think we've had a pretty good discussion here. Oh yeah, I do want to put a shout out if you guys and I found this today, which was amazing. Uh, the Alien Universe timeline, there's actually a timeline which is so detailed. Uh, if you guys get a chance to check it out, just type in. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll put a link to it in the uh, in the show notes. Yeah, incredible. It's just incredible. It's it's very detailed. Even tell when people were born. <laughs> nice. Yeah, the characters and such. Um, so, I wish we could talk more about Alien Isolation because I just started playing it. it. It's one of those games that's so hard, but you so want to beat it. Yep. Nice. So, 
I think we'll go ahead and wrap up here. We're a little over time, uh, a little longer than normal, so I think we'll we'll go ahead and, and uh, skip over the, the what we're into stuff. But uh, if you like what we do, head on over to thereforeigeek.com and check out our blog posts and some of our older podcasts. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thereforeigeek. Follow us on Twitter at thereforeigeek. And Tracy is at Mary Eyes. And finally, you can find this podcast and all of our other podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you check them out and leave us a review. So once again, I'm Andrew. I'm Kyle. I'm Kurt. And I'm Daryl. And you've been listening to Therefore I Geek. Final report of the commercial starship Nostromo. Third officer reporting. The other members of the crew. Kane, Lambert, Parker, Brett. Ash and Captain Dallas are dead. Cargo and ship destroyed. I should reach the frontier in about six weeks. With a little luck, the network will pick me up. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo. Signing off.